You're listening to My Therapist Thinks, a modern mental health podcast. We're your hosts, Andrea Bozia and Mary Beth Samich. We are licensed therapists with a passion for making therapy accessible, relatable, and relevant to your life. Let's get started. Today, we're talking about toxic positivity, and we decided to do an episode on toxic positivity because I actually posted about it a while ago um, on my Instagram, Your Journey Through, and it happened to be the most popular post, which was surprising, but not really surprising because it's a really common experience for a lot of people. So I found that it was really resonating and wanted to take a deep dive further into the concept. So first, let's talk about what toxic positivity is and what makes it a problem. So if you have people in your life, or maybe you've kind of said this yourself at some point, who say things like positive vibes only, or don't be so negative, or just look on the bright side, it's not so bad, things like that, it can feel really invalidating when you're feeling strong, strong emotions. So when people say things like positive vibes only, what they're really saying is I'm not comfortable with the entire spectrum of human emotion. For example, I'm more comfortable with you just being happy. Like, let's just make this easy and lighthearted and happy. And so what I want to unpack here is the fact that there's a a big difference between straight up negativity and the acceptance and acknowledgement of negative emotions. They're two completely different experiences, and they're not the same. Feeling your negative emotions does not make you a negative person. But first, maybe we can talk a little bit about what is a negative, and I kind of put that in air quotes, emotion. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great way of describing it, Mary Beth. And in particular, this piece about negative, right, and putting it in air quotes, I think that's important too, because it really speaks to the piece of perspective and how one's perspective really influences how they interpret the emotion they're experiencing. So let's first talk about the difference between an emotion and a feeling, right? So emotions are an ingrained part of our DNA. They originate in areas of our brain, such as the amygdala, and they are responsible for creating this biochemical reaction in our body that translates as a physical state. So that means when you experience an emotion, it affects all parts of you, like your blood pressure, your heart rate, your brain activity, even your facial expressions and body language. And our feelings are how we interpret those changes. So that's more of a subjective lens, right? How you interpret what's going on is how you're feeling. And emotions are more Um, general, and we all experience them physically. Mm, That's a great distinction. I don't think a lot of people understand that distinction. I mean, I know I didn't before I got into this field. Yeah. Um, And so we use the words interchangeably, and that's okay if you guys do too. But for this particular podcast, I just want to make that distinction because we all experience these air quote negative emotions. And, you know, Mary Beth, your question was, So what is a negative emotion? And I think it originates from this perceived physical cue. Uh, So we have a physical cue 
and we perceive it as unpleasant. And then when we perceive something as unpleasant, we typically link it with the emotion that's present at that moment. And so that emotion also becomes unpleasant and thereby negative. So simply put, our experiences, either firsthand or modeled, things that we observe other people go through, um, help us create rules about whether emotions are good or bad. So we determine if an emotion is good or bad through a process of judgment. I like that judgment piece, right? Because it really does come down to how we're judging our own Mm -hmm. experiences and associated feelings. Tell me how maybe family dynamics, because, you know, I love family dynamics, can can contribute to this experience. Maybe what you're taught or what, what emotions are tolerated within your family contributes to the idea of what is a negative feeling or emotion. I think one that comes up a lot in sessions with me is the emotion of anger and how oftentimes people were taught within their family dynamic that it was inappropriate to express anger, right? For the child to express anger. And perhaps that individual was disciplined for showing frustration and anger. And so now when those physical cues begin to bubble up and those feelings and sensations of anger are present, it can become extremely uncomfortable, label that as really, really negative. And then in an effort to avoid any potential conflict, those emotions are suppressed. And that can also be problematic in people's interpersonal relationships because one, they can't fully express themselves, but two, if somebody else expresses anger in general or towards them, that person can be really easily triggered and um, just feel extremely uncomfortable anytime somebody's expressing that emotion. Mm, Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I see sadness too as being really intolerable in families, right? Like just put on your happy face and make things easy for the rest of the family. Don't hold us back with your sadness or, or needing to just lay in bed and kind of veg out and have your emotions. So I think with both, right, there's anger, there's sadness, frustration, um, just given these negative labels and, and an intolerance. Exactly. And I think you're bringing up a great point of how oftentimes, you know, these rules are being modeled by people around us, specifically our families and how they understand emotions and the appropriateness of expressing emotion. It can feel really invalidating to, you know, have a reaction and then be told that that reaction is not acceptable or that, you know, the individual that's being the reaction can't tolerate it, right? So because they can't tolerate it, you're not allowed to have it. And I have to think about how culturally informed this is, right? Like we don't see everyone having their full range of emotions. We typically see, of course, on social media, a highlight reel, of happiness. Even when people are going through hard things, they're showing the positive pieces. And I think that's maybe why so many people are resonating with this toxic positivity because it's invalidating their experience. And so I think normalizing those negative emotions is really at the forefront of this conversation. Yeah. Great point. I mean, we're all human. (laughs) We're going to have a wide range of emotions and experiences that evoke those emotions, you know, from anger to sadness, to jealousy, That's an undeniable part of our human experience. And those emotions can act as messengers, 
like what are they signaling needs to change? I always, when I worked with kids, and honestly, I should still use this with adults, um, talking about emotions or feelings as visitors. So they're just here to visit, you know, you're going to host them for a little bit and then they're probably going to leave and a new visitor might come in the door. So that, that just is a way to build this tolerance for emotions, especially the ones that we label as negative. You saying that just reminded me of this meditation I've worked on about welcoming emotions and how it's really important to kind of help generate and cultivate this sense of openness when we're experiencing an emotion to be better able to move away from that judgment piece so that it's not good or bad. It just kind of is. It's the experience and you're allowing it to unfold. That can be really powerful in being able to integrate emotional experience. Definitely. I mean, I think you hit on a perfect point of when we allow ourselves to feel the ways that we need to feel just inherently, it then helps us get to a place where we can feel positively eventually. Because I think bypassing those negative emotions sabotages our ability to do so. I mean, positivity is a natural byproduct of healthy emotion regulation. And so achieving that is going to require you to acknowledge your sadness, your anger, your frustration, your resentment, your loneliness. I mean, at least from time to time. And we're entirely bypassing that process when we tell someone to just look on the bright side or you know, good vibes only here. And what it's doing is encouraging the suppression or even shame associated with those negative emotions and might actually keep us stuck there longer, right? I want you to recognize that piece. It might get you stuck there longer because you're unable to work out those emotions or release them. And so when we avoid them, I mean, we're making it worse for ourselves and for others because it's an act, a way of actively denying, suppressing, and minimizing your emotions. And we know that when we do that, it just increases the risk of anxiety and depression, addiction, and other mental illness. So just think about that. Great point. And I think that comes back to that visitor example of how emotions like visit us, like they pop in and they're like, hey, and we don't really know don't how like long they're all your be visitors. Here right? You might have people visit your house that you're like, oh, I can't wait till they leave. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's okay too. It's just about how we're responding in the moment with them there. Because if you were to open the door and you see someone that maybe you weren't expecting and you're yeah. like, hey, yeah, you're, you're welcome to come in as long as you promise to leave, that probably wouldn't go over so well. But we do that with our emotions all the time, right? Right. You're trying to usher them out the door instead of just sit with them for a little and then eventually they're going to leave, right? They're not going to stay. And I know, you know, the example of the visitor where maybe I don't love the visitor, whether it's a feeling or even a person, you know, but <laughs> I need to make sure that I am taking care of myself <laughs> and meeting my own needs during that time. And so the idea of self-care during these transitions of having these negative emotions or positive emotions, like self-care really needs to be a priority. Mm -hmm. A question that I like to ask myself when I'm in one of those tough spots and I'm kind of reflecting on my behaviors is, is this taking me to a greater mm. place of harmony with myself and the world around me? I need that question more. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that disharmony is a sensation in our body. It's that constriction in our heart and in our belly and that's a messenger. So 
So it's not a bad thing, but I can acknowledge, okay, maybe there's some disharmony here. Right. I'm reflecting right now because I rarely use the word harmony. I always jump to use the word peace. It feels more natural, but it really is harmony because I think of harmony almost in a musical way of like taking two things, um, probably in this case, yourself and the emotion and just considering whether those two things are creating harmony or not. So, I mean, thinking about all of this, positive vibes only, that whole idea, it can feel really invalidating, especially when there's an entirely legitimate reason that you're having trouble expressing positivity in the moment. Um, I, I was looking through the comments and on this post that got so much attention, and one of them was, um, let me pull it up. It's hard to trust someone who's always upbeat. We have to sit with a range of emotions. And that really resonated with me. I was thinking about it. And when someone doesn't show you their vulnerability or the range of emotions that they're capable of, it's also hard to feel that you know them. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I certainly do, right? I think that relationship is limited because it's hard to make it any deeper. Right. Yeah. The, the thing that came up for me as you shared that was um, it, you stay at the surface. Right. You don't have this opportunity to practice vulnerability and then practice trust. Right. Which is, I think, the foundation to being able to go a little bit deeper in relationships and make them perhaps even more meaningful. Another comment said, I want my friends to share the good, the bad, and the ugly with me. That's what a real friendship is about. And that's what produces good vibes. So it goes hand in hand. I really liked that too. It's true, right? It's this idea of vulnerability and acceptance. So I thought we could give some examples of some toxic positivity statements that you might hear in your everyday life, but then how to reframe them. So if you find that you're someone who likes to say things like, you know, look on the bright side or um, cheer up it could be worse or you call out negativity in others. I understand that you're probably not coming from an invalidating place, right? You're trying to be caring. You're trying to help them feel better. And, but really reflect on how much of that is about your own comfort. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to offer some statements just to reframe these so that, that you can feel or they can feel validated and supported as opposed to dismissed. I think a good one to start with is that good vibes only, right? Um, and perhaps shifting to saying, you know, all vibes are welcome. Right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. Like, let's just vibe. Yes. Whatever it is, all welcome here. Yeah. Um, another one, cheer up. It could be worse. Maybe reframing that into, I'm sorry, you're having a hard time and I'm here for you. That simply holds space for the person. It validates their emotion and then holds the space for them. Then you have the, the classic, don't be so negative. Mm -hmm. right? I think it's helpful to say it's never fun to feel like this. And perhaps ask if there's something fun that you can do today mm -hmm. that you would enjoy. Yeah. I think that's a really popular one. Why, I hear, why are you so negative too? like in the counseling room or even outside of it. I mean, in my life, I've heard that. Like, why are you being so negative? I, it's a dismissal. Exactly. Um, the, 
last one to just cover here is look on the bright side. I would encourage people, instead of saying that, to just say it's probably really hard to see any good in this situation because it sounds like it is. If you're if your natural response to someone is look on the bright side. It doesn't seem like they can see the bright side right now. And maybe this is where they need to sit until they can do that. So as we conclude this episode, we really want to leave you with the message of the more you hold space for your own pain, the easier it will be for you to sit with the pain of others. So if toxic positivity is a concept that resonates strongly with you, maybe you recognize it in things you've said to others, or you recognize that people have said it to you, go and check out that post at your journey through. And also just consider shifting some of those phrases that we've just discussed into new phrases rooted in compassion for others and hold space for them to have those emotions, a full range of emotion. Thank you for inviting us into your day. We hope you enjoyed the information shared in this episode. As a reminder, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a licensed mental health professional to support you in continued growth. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when new episodes launch, to rate and review us on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at ABC Therapy and at Your Journey Through.